When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hemp Present. If you have feedback, would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. Andrea Herman is an internationally renowned hemp expert. She graduated from Missouri Southern State University with a Bachelor of General Studies in Hemp Economics. She acquired an internship with the Parkland Industrial Hemp Growers in the summer of 2001. And in late 2003, she was selected as a Manitoban provincial nominee under the Skilled Worker Program as a hemp technician. In August of 2008, she completed a Master's of Science in Hemp Fiber Agronomy at the University of Manitoba. She is the owner of Hemp Technologies Canada, the founder of iHemp Radio, and a Canada hemp licensee who's advised the industry for over 21 years. Andrea is the President Emeritus and Board Member of the Hemp Industries Association and Vice President Emeritus of the Canada Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance. And she won the first woman, she was the first woman inducted to the Hemp History Hall of Fame 2017, the recipient of the Hemp Industries Association's Lifetime Achievement Award 2018, listed on Hemp History Week's Top 10 Advocates in 2019, and the second recipient of the WAFBA Mother Earth Lady of Agriculture Award in Excellence 2023. And I could continue with her massive bio, but let's bring her on. Welcome, Andrea, to Cannabis Radio. Hey, Vivian. Hello, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Uh, in your impressive bio, of which I only had time to include a part, it mentioned that you received a BGS in Ecolonomics, which I assume stands for Ecological Economics. Uh, before we dive into your background and, and all your projects, can you briefly describe economics and why that might be important this time, uh, important time for humanity? Yeah, so my um, alma mater for my undergrad, Missouri Southern State University, was once upon a time a junior college, which a famous actor, which some of you may know, Dennis Weaver, um, especially if you like old Westerns, uh, you'll know who Dennis Weaver is. Dennis Weaver later in life became an environmentalist. And I actually remember um, watching a documentary when I was in high school in an entrepreneurship class that I took about him building his a tire, a house out of tires. It was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. And I thought, man, this is super fascinating. And then I found out that he, uh, when Missouri Southern State was a junior college, he attended it. And so later in life, as he became an environmentalist, he keyed this word of colonomics. And it's the, basically the study of biology, economics, political science, and sociology all tied together. And his philosophy was basically saying that it takes those I mean, not inclusive, 
or to only those, um, but that you have to have those areas of academia working together in some sort of function to create sustainability. So looking at your workplace, maybe somebody is concerned about um, cutting down trees. And so they're talking about in the office, we need to implement a recycling program. Or is it something political that happened that said, if you don't recycle, you're going to get a fine. And so there's political and economics, which then ends up affecting the social framework of what's happening in the office, because now people are recycling. So that was the philosophy around economics. So Missouri Southern decided to uh, um, start what they called a capstone course, where you took these particular courses surrounding this philosophy of economics. And so when I, my professor at Missouri Southern said to me, you know, Andrea, you have to declare a major. You have only two years left. You've kind of dabbled in any in a, of many different fields. What do you want to do? And, I, you know, really, honestly, Vivian, nothing there really struck a chord with me. I, you know, yeah, biology, we didn't have an ag department. So that was the first thing. We didn't have an ag department. And, you know, biology, okay, chemistry, maybe, political science, uh, kind of, you know, economics, not really. Um, so, you know, he said my professor, which, you know, I owe him so much for really being straightforward with me. And I feel that this is important in academia. He said to me, what pisses you off? What do you feel is wrong in the world? What do you feel needs to change? That's what you need to focus on. And I said, it's this industrial hemp thing. And he said, well, go do something about it, Andrea. And so that was really what pushed me education to continue with my education because I was a little like, where am I going with this? So from that, um, that's when we turned the, what I was going to be doing for my bachelor's into a bachelor's of general studies, because that's how they had to like class it. But we focused it on the theory of economics. So every class I was taking, I had to put the economic spin on it. Every time I had an opportunity to speak about something, write about something, answer about something, it had to have a hemp spin on it. So nice. that's how the bachelor's of economics came along. If I remember correctly, D Dennis Weaver was Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke, and he was in Gentle Ben, and then he was in McLeod. Yeah. And, and and it was so awesome that he was kind of one of the main environmentalists in Hollywood at the time. Um, you, you know, uh, Andrea, I've done 300 plus interviews here on Cannabis Radio. I have never received an extensive CV like yours from any guest. <laughs> CV, uh, which of course stands for Curriculum Vitae, I think which yeah. is a professional document that summarizes a person's career qualifications, education in great detail. Your education quali qualifications as an international hemp expert are, are somewhat unequaled in my experience. What led you to pursue industrial hemp as a subject of your studies? How were you uh, originally initial, uh, influenced become, to become what someone might, might call a hempologist? Yeah, thank you. Well, you know what? I mean, first I learned about marijuana. And then I learned that there wasn't only marijuana, there was hemp. And then, of course, Jack's book was out uh, right. and I, I got a hold of it. And, and then that really like, you know, pushed it open. But even before that, being from Missouri, we had something called the Battle of the Hemp Bales. So there was a whole museum dedicated to the Battle of the Hemp Bales in Lexington, Missouri. So we had this like history in Missouri already that was never, wasn't really taken away from us. It was still something that was really revered. And the battle of the hemp bells, they wet the hemp bells, which then because the hemp bells were wet, they were basically, you couldn't penetrate them. And then they were like, move the hemp bells in front to protect themselves. So 
Uh, we already had this history in Missouri of, of hemp that was still alive. So that sort of tied in. And then I found out about what, wait a minute, like you can, there, there's this whole other side of this plant that I didn't know about and what, like the, we, we don't have the right. It's so useful. And it just immediately, it immediately struck a chord with me. And then later um, I found out from a family historian that my grandma introduced me to that I actually had you know, hemp history within my family from one of our, one of our like five, four great grandmothers ago, who was a, was a healer and used cannabis in her healing practices. Uh, and so, you know, I started learning about these things within myself and it just really something that just really rang true to me and, and gave me purpose and became what is classes, your final vocabulary. So also when I was in undergrad, I took an English lit course and it was mostly focused on Mark Twain and, and the professor said, okay, we're going to talk about our final vocabulary and our final vocabulary is what, how we read between the lines of life and literature. So Vivian, you'll read a book and I'll read a book and we'll get different contexts and feelings and emotions and from the book because of our final vocabulary and how we read between the lines. So in one Mark Twain book, I don't remember what it was, but they talk about a break. Um, and immediately I thought hemp break and they go on to talk about the fibers that were pr produced from this break and the professor that never rang to him. He never put the fact that they were talking about hemp <laughs> in, in this book. And I was like, oh yeah, this is totally about him, but it became part of my, my final vocabulary and was just something that really rang true to me. And now my dad said to me, when I said, you know, I want to do this hemp thing. He said, oh, maybe you should become a dental hygienist. Um, you know, it's like good money, good, you, you get vacations and package and that sort of stuff. And it's a job that's respected. And I, and I like, I, I like, I'm one of those strange ones who likes to go to the dental hygienist, but, um, I said, okay, dad, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll, I'll consider that. So I'm, I'm really thankful now, 25, some years later that, uh, it, it actually happened. And, you know, the dream became a reality and that reality has been able to shape so many other people's lives. That's that's very exciting. Um, let, let me just say, I, a lot of, I have a lot of empathy for for what you're doing and uh, and all that your work. Um, we are just like up against a break, um, so we're gonna take uh, a minute out, and then when we're back, I want to talk you about you have an exciting uh, book launch uh, to talk about. If, if I'm not correct, yes. All right, um, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come right back with. Uh, Andrea Herman, industrial hemp expert. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with Andrea Herman. Uh, Andrea, you mentioned The Emperor Wears No Clothes, the seminal uh, you know, book by Jack Herrer that kickstarted the entire real, really the modern industrial hemp revolution. Uh, but you have a book coming out as well. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so it's Everyone Loves Tralala or The Journey of Tralala. This is a children's book focused on a little hemp seed and her journey on the farm of friendship and collaboration and just overcoming and accepting differences within ourselves. Uh, So it's been really exciting. So we have the chapter book, which is um, more geared towards, you know, readers that are actually full reading on their own, but also great for parents to be reading to young readers. And from that, I was like, hmm, because I have a five-year-old and he's learning to read, I was like, you know, we really need a developing reader's version. So I'm, I'm excited about the chapter book, of course, but the developing reader version is now launching in about 15 different languages. So right now we have the Francophone, which is the Canadian French version. We have the English version, the Francophone version, the Spanish version, which is just out now for edits or final edits. And I'm hoping um, in really short order, we're going to have the Lakota, the Mongolian, the Filipino, the Czech, the East Indian, Slovak, Ukrainian, Japanese, and Vietnamese versions all coming out. Wow, that's exciting. Um, we, we have advancing climate change you know, due to our addiction of fossil fuel and petroleum-based, petroleum-based energy and our destructive, non-sustainable building practices and increasing deforestation habitat loss and and generally are just a ravenous global disposable consumer society um guest after guest on the show has detailed how hemp has to be a vital component of any practical strategy to combat and mitigate these threats to our biosphere what interesting research excites you that's currently been being done in regard to hemp and its many faceted uh, positive applications Well, I mean, not to mind looking at everything that's advancing right now in the side of hemp building and using hemp and building materials, whether that be hempcrete or non-wovens like insulation. I mean, that's rapidly advancing and we're now starting to see that pick up the pace, especially we're having commercial decortication facilities coming on, which is, for me, I feel that this is a vital key. Yes, the food is important. Absolutely food is important because if we want to nourish our earth, we have to nourish our bodies. But the next thing is what do our bodies go in? Our bodies are going in clothes. They're going into our homes, into our vehicles. And so being able to add hemp to those applications is really going to make the change in the hemp industry. Um, It's going to drive up acres. It's going to drive the multi-use of acres, taking off the grain for food and for animal feed, and then taking off the chop for fodder for animals, and then using the balance of the stock. Because that's So that's a one important thing, but a really cool research paper. I just happened upon this not very long ago. It was actually published in 2019. I don't know what I was searching when I found it, but just the use of, now I'm trying to think about, okay, we have this food out there. We're getting these co-products coming off. So this, this research project is called the Novel Remediation of I won't even try to say the words PFAs from contaminated groundwater using hemp protein powder. And I was like, what? They're using hemp protein powder to like clean water? How is this possible? (laughs) This particular paper um, looked at six different plant proteins and removing these chemicals from contaminated groundwater. 
And they found of all of the proteins trialed, hemp was far superior, their words, not mine, far superior at removing than the next best was soy. So, I mean, I was like, what? Like far superior, they looked at six and hemp was the best. I mean, go figure, but really this was, this really super excited me. Um, and so basically the contamination was absorbed in, into the hemp proteins. And also the interesting thing they said was that the proteins are a natural product that did not require a pre-process to make them active. I'm like, okay, so like this, this thing now, the protein of the hemp is like made to take up and soak up toxins from, from water. So I, I felt that was a really super interesting application and thought process as we talk about you know, the issues with groundwater contamination, you know, maybe here we have the ability to clean our water, but thinking about other places that might not have the ability to clean water or our water here is getting contaminated and how do we clean that and put it back into the cycle? So I feel that that was one of the most exciting papers that I have read lately pertaining to using hemp to help heal the world. Wow, that's just fascinating, exciting. Uh, you know, I think everybody by now should know how far uh, the cannabis prohibition set back the industrial hemp paradigm. Hemp has been lumped in with euphoric high THC cannabis for decades. In, in your opinion, what are the primary obstacles that exist today that might prevent the benefits from hemp being fully recognized, utilized, and implemented? Mm. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about nomenclature. I don't know. I don't know what happened. You know, we had the million man marijuana march. You know, we fought for the freedom of the word marijuana. Um, even us hemsters, you know, we're fighting for this freedom of this word, the, the, the right to use this crop and in different applications. So one of the things that's happened as in the last couple of years is that somehow they re they took the word marijuana away from us. We freed the word. We made it a word of pride and of joy and, and of use. And then all of a sudden they're calling marijuana cannabis. You're right. It is cannabis, but cannabis is a scientific name. It's nomenclature. So that's something that has now led to some confusion amongst people. I still hear this or like, oh, but now that's, you know, that high THC, they're calling it cannabis, but hemp's cannabis. So there's been a, a confusion that's gone on with this, what I tend to say is a re-racing re of the word marijuana. You know, the government made it racist and then we freed it. And then all of a sudden they took it away from us again. I don't know what happened there. Cannabis, cannabis was traditionally more of a European term, right? Yeah. So, I mean, but it's a nomenclature, right? So it's a botanical name. Um, so that's one thing that we're, we're, I mean, it's minor and it's more of a beef I have, but I, really it is this <laughs> concept of how do we use this total crop utilization? How do we prevent the burning of the stocks in the field that are occurring right now? How do we incorporate hemp into different rotations or learning how to use other crops that will help benefit um, the, the rotation in hemp. So we have a lot of work to do agronomically, but really I, I feel that the, one of the things that we are, we are working on overcoming is how do we use this stock material? How do we start um, launching our textile industry in North America and around the globe? But right now, you know, most of our um, textiles are coming from Asia and from China. I have a lot of respect for my, our Asian colleagues because I wear a lot of hemp and it all pretty much all comes from China. So I have a lot of respect there. But how do we get that 
technology and that know-how to be incorporated in back into North America. And we're starting to see that transition. There's still a live um, textile industry in the South. You're starting to see great companies like Patagonia really step up and, and launching more brands and looking, how can we cultivate this crop here and put it into these fibers? You've got great companies out there looking at using hemp fibers in baby wipes, in Q-tips, in facial swabs. So these things that are of high need and that are used and, and they're disposable. So how do we incorporate hemp into these things that are disposables that then can be disposed of in a way that can be fed back into the earth? Fascinating. We have about uh, a minute to the break. Uh, the the, the 2022 20, recipient of the Mother Earth Lady of Agriculture Excellent Award, Excellence Award was the American economist, environmentalist, writer, industrial hemp grower, Winona LaDuke. And this year's recipient is yourself, uh, what can you briefly tell us about that? Wow. I mean, wow, really. They were taught the girl got up on stage. I didn't know her from nobody. Um, she started talking about this amazing woman that has done all this amazing stuff. <laughs> and I'm in the crowd and I'm going, gosh, I got to meet this woman. Who is she? She's so great. Um, so I was like falling in love with this woman that this other gal who was up on stage talking about it. And since I didn't know her, there was no personal connection. She wasn't looking at me going, oh, yeah, sister, you're getting this. This is you. And they said my name and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's me. I just fell in love with myself. So, you know, what a huge, what a huge honor. And it, you know, what they were talking about, it, it really did ring true with me. And, and in, in 20 seconds, who, who presents that award? That is through FABA. So that is through the group that puts on a uh, Morris Beagle that puts on the NOCO um, hemp conference in Colorado. So it's part of the NOCO group. Nice. We're going to take another quick break and come back with our final segment with Andrea Herman. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. We are back on hemp present. Andrea, you are the president emeritus and board member of the hemp industries association. What kind of work does the HIA do and what exciting projects and initiatives are you all working on? The Hemp Industry Association is the longest sounding hemp nonprofit organization for the industry, um, you know, founded by those like Chris Conrad and Larry um, Servan and, and Jack Herrera himself. So it is a leading organization. I mean, we're the ones that fought for basically the freedom of hemp in the first place, but now really focusing on what does the industry need to move forward and how do we now collaborate with all of the organizations that have come on board? So how do we make all of our voices come together in one? And that's been a real driver for me. I am the longest standing voted board member in the association. So it's been an honor for all these years for members to, to say to me, you still have a voice. It's important what you have to say. We are gearing up for our national conference, which will be at the end of um, August in Austin, Texas. So we're excited about bringing um, the voice to Austin and hearing what, what is how we've never been to the South. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, it's really about um, being an industry driver and helping push along the efforts of the other organizations also that have stepped in to fill very particular roles. Talk to us about educational regenerative nature-based community outreach. What do oh, you have going on with that? Yeah, so that's outside of my hemp world, but uh, it's called JEDREC, so the Gerhardt E. Decker Regenerative Education Center, and that's here in Southern Manitoba. And it was just a group of us parents that came together and say, like, hey, look, as homeschoolers, 
we are missing a lot of nature-based education. And how do we focus on this? And I feel that this isn't just for homeschoolers, but for schoolers also, there's this missing piece of how do we get our kids back into nature? And so we started an education nonprofit basically saying like, okay, let's do some work on um, nature-based education. Let's start seeking some funding. Let's start getting people together. So we have a nature walk every month. This month we have um, some developments going on in our prairie walks and learning about prairie restoration. How can you live off the land? We're working with other organizations also. And we've got a survival class that's coming up. I'm actually hosting it here at my hobby farm. That's a two-day session on how, you know, what, what, what do you need to do if you get trapped outside? And, and you don't have um, your tent and you don't have fresh water. How do you find these things? So it's really important as we look at education and how we get kids back outside, off their units, off the gaming, and get them outside enjoying nature, discovering nature, discovering garden, discovering how awesome it is to be outside and creating the next great minds of, of agriculture and economics. You know, I was, I was raised in Los Angeles. And when I was about 13, we moved to, uh, to Lake Tahoe and that's when I discovered, I went, oh my God, like look at all these stars in the sky. I didn't even know. I had no <laughs> idea that there were so many stars in the sky because I'd never seen them because I lived in the city mm -hmm. uh, and you can imagine, and we're so cut off from, from the natural world, uh, especially in urban centers. And I think it's the sickness that is poisoning uh our societies you know uh so that's that's really awesome um we only have uh like two minutes left to talk what steps can our listeners take to help spread the good word and support the industrial hemp industry and movement well i mean for myself you can stop by and get the book at tralalahempseed.com or check us out on amazon i mean that's one way about educating and and reading which is so vital so many kids don't read now so that's one way personally um, another way is join a local organization. So find a group around you that's promoting hemp, talking about not only hemp, but environmental issues, education issues. So get involved. So get out there, be part of an active part of your community. And, you know, this is very nervous, nerve wracking for people. Maybe they don't know where to go, but talk about it with your other community members, um, where you're going, other parents saying, how can we get involved? How can we do more together? So this action of having parents and people get involved in organizations, get involved with each other, make yourself vulnerable, put yourself out there, drive, go to something you see. Maybe you don't know anybody, but just, hey, I want to participate. How can I help? So that's what I feel that that's really what's going to be unifying to us as people is just getting out there and being involved and volunteering and the, and the joy that you're going to get okay. back is going to be greater than any monetary value you could place on it. Can you give the URL just one more time? Uh, yes, that is a tralalahempseed.com. So that's T-R-A-L-L-A-L. -L -L. So if you put that in, I'm sure you'll find it. And then hempseed.com. Andrea Herman, international hemp, hemp expert and righteous hempo sapien. Thank you for being on Hempercent and raising the temperature in an exemplary fashion today. Well, thank you, Vivian, and all the work that you've done over time and spreading the word at, at Hemp, uh, Hemp Fest and, and everything that you're doing. So cheers to you and all the listeners. Thank you so much. So much gratitude. It's been a pleasure. That concludes this installment of Hemp's on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. 
The Hampersand intro music is Seven Mile Beach by Joanne Rand, and the outro music is Take Back the Plant by Stickerbush. See you next time. Stay strong. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.